about this verse today. Um, you know, uh, in, in, my, in my simple mind, you know, I think about how the Lord has set everything up in the earth. Uh, and this verse here is in Romans chapter 5, and he says in verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Uh, and so he's kind of making a contrast of what it was like uh, when after, after Adam came uh, into the earth and then um, uh, fell because of his sin and how we have it today because of the Lord Jesus. And he says, because of the Lord Jesus, we have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness uh, because of the Lord Jesus. And if that's true, which it is true, uh, he said, then we shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Uh, and that word reign is talking about us as Christians reigning in life as, as a king would reign. You know, the king reigns and he's in charge of everything and he gets to uh, call all the shots and gets to be uh, uh, ruler over his own life and over the people around him. Uh, and, you know, that mentality is really kind of foreign to much of the church. You know, the mentality that we as a church have a right to, to rule and reign in our life because much of the church... If you listen to, to a lot of preaching, a lot of stuff on TV, much of it is, you know, we're all broken. We're all got hard times and we're all trying to make it as best we can. But we're probably not going to, at least in this life anyway. We just got trials and tribulations and it's really hard. And, and you know, we're no different than the world. Uh, but we have hope, you know, someday we get to be in heaven. And that's kind of the mentality of the church, you know. Uh, but the mentality of Jesus is we all are kings and priests. Amen. The mentality that Jesus has is we get to reign in this life. Uh, and no devils get to tell us how to live. No thoughts get to tell us how to live. No past, no people get to tell us how to live. We get to choose to live in victory and, and peace and joy and happiness every single day. Uh, and that's what, when I read the word of God, that's what I see. Because I see verses like this. It says, I get to reign in life. Uh, that means in this life that I'm living right now, I'm in charge of my life. I'm not a victim of anything or anybody. Uh, and, uh, and if these things are true, if I really have received an abundance of grace... You know, the grace is God's power operating in me to complete his will in the earth. If I have received an abundance of grace, which I have, then what can overcome my life? What can what can defeat me? What can keep me under? What can keep me depressed or sad or, or broken or, uh, you know, all of these songs that uh, we don't ever sing around here. But a lot of people sing, right? Lord, I'm just, you know, I'm just broken and just, Lord, I know you, you'll come through for me. And it's always talking about how we're we're you know, trying to make it as best we can, but it's, you know, it's really difficult. And, uh, and, and that mentality keeps us from doing the very uh, job that we're assigned to do on the earth, which is to advance the kingdom of heaven by preaching the gospel. You know, if you're going to preach the good news, you know, good news is, well, we get the reign in life. That's good news. It's not good news that, well, you just make it the best way you can, but you're probably not going to make it. You know, you can be like everybody else, sick and diseased and broken, poor and, and unhappy. And, you know, it's just hard. Life is hard. And, uh, uh, well, what kind of a sales job is that, right? Uh, hey, you want to buy this house? It's not really any good, you know. There's holes in it, you know, and, the, you know, the back door doesn't work. And, you know, the HVAC needs to be replaced. And, you know, more than likely, uh, the, the, none of the appliances are, are working, you know. But it's a great house. Well, who wants to buy that? Would you buy that house? You know, I wouldn't buy that house, right? Uh, and um, uh, it's, uh, uh, it, it'd be a tough sales job, amen. Mm -hmm. But the, the sales job that we have is we get to reign in life, Amen. Because of the work of the Lord Jesus, not because of your good works, not because you're so smart or intelligent or, or capable or anything. It's because I have received an abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness. And because of that, I get to reign in this life. Uh, and, and when I see the word of God and read the word of God, this, these are the things that I see. That I am nobody's victim uh, and nobody is in charge of my life. And people try to, to, try to do things to me, you know, on a regular basis. They try to uh, bring drama into my life or try to overcome me or say things against me. Uh, so I think uh, someone told me the other day, uh, you know, well, you know, so-and-so. Uh, yeah, I know them. They, they hate you. Well, that's, I mean, that's their loss. You know, I mean, it's totally their loss. You know, I feel, I feel, I don't feel any, any remorse in me or any, well, I just, I must be a terrible person. I'm not a terrible person. I'm a person who received abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness. Uh, and if they hate me, which I don't really know if that's true or not, uh, but even if they did hate me, I think, well, that's, that's really a loss on their part uh, because they obviously don't know me, amen? Yeah. Uh, and so, see, I'm not, a lot of times when people try to do this, they want, that they want the reaction on my part to feel bad and to feel depressed and to feel like uh, I'm no count and unworthy and, um, uh, because that's the job of the devil. He's always trying to keep you under. He's always trying to rule over your life and reign in your life. 
Uh, but he doesn't rule and reign in my life because when people say things like that, immediately in my heart rises up, yeah, but Jesus loves me. Jesus gave me an abundance of grace. He gave me the gift of righteousness. Uh, I'm on my way to heaven. What could, you, what could you possibly say or do to me that would, that would cause me to think less of myself than what Jesus thinks of me? Amen? Uh, and so uh, uh, I just, I really like that verse, uh, Romans 5, 17, you know, that we get the reign in life. Amen? Uh, and, uh, uh, and the nice thing about it is that's what the Word says. These are not, well, that's just your philosophy. That's not my philosophy at all. That's, that's what the Lord has taught us. Amen? That we get the reign in life. And much of, the, much of the church is filled with just philosophy that we're broken and we're, we're having a hard time and we're here. You gather the church to, to tend to the wounded. And it's not, I mean, that's part of the job, but that's not really the primary job of the church is to tend to the wounded. Amen. The primary job of the church is to train, to go out into the world where the battle really is uh, and to be victorious when we go. That's really the job of the church. Amen. Sometimes we do have to tend to the wounded. Uh, but um, uh, we're going to get into uh, the Beatitudes, and, and um, uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, having, uh, uh, being pure in heart. And we're going we're gonna to wall around on that for a while and teach about what the heart is and understand those things so that um, uh, the Lord's been gracious to give us some good insight into those things. So anyway, can we rule and reign in life? Yes. If the Word of God is so, we can. Amen. Yes. Uh, and so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we're going to give out some prizes to the mothers, right? So everything well with our souls father our minds can be clear our emotions can be stable father we can have fullness of joy and father we thank you we thank you father that because you live on the inside of us we can rule and reign in this life father father there's no people that can lord it over us father there's no enemies of mankind there's no devils and demons father that can attack us and overcome us Father, we are children of the Most High God. Father, we are kings and priests by your declaration. And Father, we are here to advance your kingdom, to bring as many people into your kingdom and to eternity, Father, as we can. So, Father, I thank you that you continue to stir our hearts up to win the lost, Father, to bring those into the church, Father, that have, may have been in church years before, Father. To show them your goodness and your kindness, Father. And show how wonderful you are to us. And Father, we thank you for all your goodness and mercy. And for all of these things, Father, we give you the praise and the honor for, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> you know, you think about the Lord... Uh, I mean, he's perfect, right? Does he ever made any mistakes? He never made any mistakes. And, um, uh, and yet, in his great wisdom, sometimes we think it maybe it's in his great insanity, he has chosen to have us to be his representatives, which is kind of funny, right? Because, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're a mess, right? <laughs> As human beings, it's amazing we've made it this far, right? Uh, and, um, you know, I mean, you read the stories of the Old Testament, and it's amazing Jesus ever made it to the earth, right? Uh, and in spite of all the failings and uh, the insane stories, right, the, of the Old Testament, and people do us doing the, the wildest things, yet Jesus made it to the earth, amen? Uh, and so, uh, you, know, you know, he's got to see a lot more potential in us than, than we oftentimes see in our own lives, amen? amen? That he sees us as being kings and priests and rulers in this world, uh, and uh, in fact, you know, Paul said that we're going to be judging angels someday, mm -hmm. that somehow we as created beings will will stand in judgment uh, over the angels. Uh, uh, and um, he does, that's the only verse that talks about that. And so we don't have a lot of insight about what that means and how that's going to happen. And why? Why would you pick me, Lord, to judge an angel? Uh, and yet that's what the word of God says. Amen. And so there there's. I imagine that as much as we know about faith and, and as much as we will grow in faith, we will know nothing of what there can be known until we get to heaven. Amen. Uh, and uh, we will know things that we, we would have wished we'd known while we were on this earth. And, and so, in fact, the Lord told the disciples, he said that the, I'm teaching you things that angels have, uh, have always uh, wanted to know about. And I'm teaching them to people. Uh, you know, we, we are the only 
created beings are, are created in his image and likeness. Angels are not, right? The, the cherubim, the seraphim are not. There's no created beings. None of the animal kingdom is made in the image and likeness of God, but we are. Uh, and we hold a special place in, in all of creation because of that. Uh, and um, uh, we, should just have to, we just have to meditate on that on a regular basis because uh, I shake my head sometimes. And, and Lord, uh, you know, uh, it's amazing uh, how much confidence you have in us. Amen. Uh, and so we appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. Uh, and so let's turn over to the book. Of, uh, I looked up. There's no clock there. There's just a bull standing there looking at me on the other end there. <laughs> Uh, but let's start, open our Bibles to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 5. We'll get started today. And um, we've been teaching on the Beatitudes, and there's nine Beatitudes here. Uh, we're, we're on the third one here. Uh, and so I was thinking we would do about one a week. You know, we're not even close to that. So uh, but we've got anywhere else to be on a, on a Sunday morning? No, so we'll just, uh, we'll just take our time and, and figure out what we need to figure out. Amen. Uh, and so all the Beatitudes... Uh, they're, they're all um, things that uh, we get to choose to do. Amen. Uh, and really what you'll find in the word of God is that all of the word of God are, is made up of your choice. What are you going to do? Amen. Uh, it's not God making us do these things. It's us choosing to do these things. Uh, and when the, and the Lord said in all of these nine things that there are two, two um, uh, blessings that come about by being obedient to the word. And of course, uh, in verse three, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if you choose to be poor in spirit, we talked a lot about that and used Job as our, uh, our good example about what it means to be poor in spirit, then you get two blessings. You get to be blessed, which is kind of a general blessing, which is all-encompassing, really. Uh, but specifically, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In this case, uh, this is really talking about being born again and getting into the kingdom of heaven and accepting the Lord Jesus. Because when you realize that you're poor in spirit, you know that you need a Savior. Amen. A lot of people, a lot of the world, they're so carnal. They're so, they're so full of themselves. You know, I don't need a savior. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've heard plenty of stories of people that were on their deathbed and had never accepted the Lord. And, and uh, what happens uh, a lot of times as they get older, uh, because we're created beings, we're made, we're, we're created, our spirits were created by God. Amen. So we're not just only a product of our parents. We're a product of our parents plus God. The Bible says that God is the father of all spirits. So that spirit of man that's in every man, every human being longs to to be with the Lord because they're made from the Lord uh, and, and all of their life. They long to be with the Lord. And yet their flesh, their mind, their will and their emotions oftentimes will say there is no God. And yet their hearts know there's a God. Uh, and yet uh, and so that conflict will rise up in their hearts all the, and they'll get bitter towards God because they, they want to say there is no God. But their spirits know there is. But their mind says, but I don't want there to be a God, because if there is a God, then I have to submit to him and I don't want to submit to anybody. And so that conflict will rise up in people's hearts. And they'll get bitter, mad towards the Lord that they don't even believe in. Uh, and as as they approach their their end of life on this earth, uh, many people and, and uh, I don't know if it's most people or all people, but uh, many people as they get close to their time on this earth will start to see things in the realm of the spirit, start sensing things in the realm of the spirit and know that there is a God. And yet, because of their pride, they will not they will not yield to the Lord because every day he's he's telling them, I exist. I am God. I am the Lord. And he tells their spirits that every day he will never quit telling their spirits every day that he is the Lord. Uh, And that bitterness and that that resentment that rises up. I don't want there to be a God. Doesn't matter. There is a God Uh, and he rules and reigns in heaven. He created everything that we see. And he desires good things for us. That's the, the craziest thing is why people get so mad at God when all he wants is to be a blessing to us. Because what did Jesus say? Blessed you are if you do these things. Blessed from heaven. Yeah, but I don't want to do those things. Well, then you have to live according to the devil's rules. You know, I mean, you're going to serve a master all your life. It doesn't matter whether you serve uh, a good master or a bad master. You're going to serve a master all your life. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but they will, get, they will get bitter and angry towards the Lord. Uh, and, and even on the last breath, they, they will curse God, the God they don't believe in. They will curse him uh, because they'll know that there's a God. Uh, and so, uh, you know, people say, well, I don't believe in Jesus coming back. It doesn't matter. He's coming back. Right. It doesn't matter. People I don't believe in the Bible. It doesn't matter. It's still so. Amen. It doesn't bother me. A bit. People say, I don't believe in that stuff. It's still so. Even if they don't believe it. It's still so. Amen. Uh, these are absolutes. These things are not subject to our imaginations and our our judgment as, as created beings made out of dust and clay, uh, these are absolutes, amen? amen? 
And so uh, when the world would become poor in spirit and all of us that have accepted Jesus at one time uh, were poor in spirit, we knew we needed a savior. Amen. And he said, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we get the kingdom of heaven uh, as a benefit to being born again. Well, what's what's lacking in the kingdom of heaven? Is, is God on a soup line? Is God is there a recession in heaven? Uh, is there a, a depression in heaven? Uh, there, there's no there, there's no uh, inflation in heaven. There's no uh, uh, economic downturn in heaven. Uh, there's only blessings in heaven. Amen. Amen. Uh, and, and he said, blessed are they that mourn, for they should be comforted. And uh, we talked about that, how it seems that, that, you know, of the nine, this is really the one that you don't look forward to, that you don't try to do, that you're not wanting to do is to mourn. And yet uh, we do mourn in this earth. Amen. Yes. Uh, we have all lost loved ones. Amen. Yes. We all see the, the sin of the world and uh, we mourn for the sin of the world. Uh, sometimes we've uh, uh, each of us have sinned and missed heaven. And we've mourned in our hearts because we've missed heaven. We've we we've done wrong according to the word of God. Uh, and he says uh, they shall be comforted. Amen. Uh, so there is comfort. Amen. Uh, there is overcoming that. Uh, and, you know, I've talked to um, many people over the years as a pastor. You talk to a lot of people that have lost people and lost loved ones. And uh, and there was one in particular that had lost a child. And um, I was just talking to them to encouraging that, you know, remember the good things that the, the good things that you had with this child and the wonderful memories you had with this child. And, and don't set up an altar to worship the death of the child, because a lot of times what happens when parents lose a child, they end up all all their life thinking about and reminding themselves about the death of the child instead of the life of the child. Uh, and so they build an altar there and they just mourn all their lives for this child. Uh, and, you know, the child wouldn't want them to do that. The Lord doesn't want them to do that. Uh, and you're really not uh, uh, not honoring the memory of the child the way that you should. You should be honoring the, the blessing of the child that you had when they were on the earth. And it's a terrible tragedy. I, uh, you know, I can't imagine losing a child, um, uh, especially a young child. Uh, and yet, um, instead of allowing themselves to be comforted, because he said, if you mourn, you'll be comforted. Amen. Uh, and that, that should allow the, the mourning to come to an end. And then the joy of the memories that you had with that child or whatever the situation is. But oftentimes it's in a situation like that. Uh, and they never could. They, they, they are still to this day, decades later, still mourning the death of the child instead of remembering the, the, the blessing that the child was in their life. Uh, and he said, uh, we got down to verse five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so of the nine uh, blessings here that he talks about, meekness is the only gift of the spirit or the only fruit of the spirit that he mentions here um, in verse five. And we talked about what meekness is since it's the fruit of the spirit. Uh, what meekness is, is having a quiet and teachable spirit. Uh, and you ever tried to help somebody and they already know everything? That's the worst person in the world, right? Hey, well, you do it like I'm not doing it that way. Yeah, but, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but this is the right way to do it, you know. And you try to te teach people that, well, I'm doing it this way. Well, okay, fine, dummy. Then just do that the rest of your life. Be wrong, you know. I mean, uh, and uh, uh, it's, uh, to me, it's the most, one of the most frustrating things to try to help somebody that you know needs help, desperately needs help. And you try to show them even the smallest thing. I already know how to do it. Well, clearly you don't because if you didn't, if you knew how to do it, you'd, you'd have done it right the first time, right? Uh, and... Um, uh, you know, I call my, my wife the mad clicker because I know a few things about computers and I try to help her with computers sometimes. And, and I, I try to, okay, well, now do this. But before I tell her to do that, she's clicked 27 things. You know, click, 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 click. And it's like, no, 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 slow down, slow down. And, and, and so, uh, but she does let me help her, you know. But uh, she's the mad clicker. She just, you know, just as fast as you can, you know. And I'm saying, oh, no, now do this right here. And before she does that, she does 27 other clicks there on, on, the, on the computer there. And so, uh, but... Um, uh, you know, and, and I don't know everything. I mean, I, I try to find people that know more than I know. Amen. Uh, which is a whole lot of people. Amen. I mean, I can look at it in this crowd right here. I think all of you know more than I know about a lot of things. Uh, and so uh, my, my job, uh, if I'm going to be meek, is to be quiet and teachable. Yes. Listen to those around around you. Amen. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I've been around people that uh, um, like with uh, I hear stories like with Brother Hagen or, or if I'm around people like Brother Randy. I just want to listen. Uh, you know, I'm not interested in doing all the talking, amen, uh, which probably surprises some of you because it seems like what all I do is up here talk, right? Uh, but uh, I want to have a quiet and teachable spirit, amen, because I don't know everything. 
Uh, and, and you ever met anybody that knows everything? No. I haven't met anybody that knows everything. I know a lot of people who think they know everything, but I haven't met anybody that actually knows everything, you know, other than the Lord, of course. But um, uh, there are plenty of people who think they know everything. Uh, and um, uh, what's the, you call them, uh, they're, they're authoritative but wrong. ABW. Yeah, ABW. People who say, think they know everything and they, they act, you know, they say it from a standpoint of authority. Oh, yeah, this is right. And you, but they're just completely wrong. You ever know people that way? You know, they just de- declare it as if this is absolute gospel. It's like, uh, you know, you're 100% wrong. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, there was one person that, that was, uh, uh, he was reading me the riot act that, you know, that, you know I'm, I'm the worst pastor in the world. I don't know how to teach. I'm, I'm starving my children. I'm not teaching them anything, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't run the church right. And I don't know this right. And just on and on and on and on, you know. And, and uh, when they got done, I said, you know, there's a thousand reasons why everything you said is wrong. And it just, you could just see him just puff up. Because they got, cause they're so used to being the authority and everybody believing them and everybody yielding to them. And, and it's like everything. I mean, 100% of everything they said was 100% wrong. Now, I didn't, you know, they, were no, they weren't interested in learning why they were wrong. Now, see, if, if somebody told me I was wrong, I'd say, well, well, tell me why you think I'm wrong. They didn't want to know because they're not meek, right? If, if they were meek, they would want, well, uh, you think that, uh, that I'm wrong? You know, please tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, and so, uh, but they didn't, they did uh, they must have skipped this particular message there, right? But, uh, but uh, we'll get Jared to make a CD, we'll send him a CD in the mail, right? Uh, and so, uh, but to be meek means to have a quiet and teachable spirit, amen? Uh, so that's a fruit of the spirit, which means it's a result of something else. And what we find in the word of God is that uh, meekness and humility go together. Uh, and so I wanted to just talk about, uh, uh, we know about our friend, Moses, because um, uh, in the Old Testament, it says in the book of Numbers that uh, now Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And a lot of times when you think about meekness, you think about somebody who's kind of, you know, limp wristed and just kind of, you know, uh, you know, a doormat and somebody who just, you know, gets run over by everybody all the time. and doesn't ever stand up for himself or anything. And uh, that is not Moses. Right. Uh, And Jesus himself said that he was meek. Was Jesus that way? A lot of people try to paint Jesus that way, but no, Jesus was, he ruled on the earth when he was here. Uh, did anybody just at all? Did, did Jesus ever uh, tell people that you're whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones? You know, did he say, let the dead bury the dead? Did he, you know, I mean, he, uh, did he call uh, Herod a fox? You know, did he stand up to Pilate? You know, Jesus, uh, he was not this, this kind of effeminate, uh, you know, weak person that a lot of people paint him out to be. He, he came with a mission. I'm here to do a job, uh, and, um, and nobody can, can deter me from that job. Uh, and so, uh, but Moses was a really good example because, you know, sometimes we look at Jesus as an example. Well, that's Jesus, right? He's perfect, and, you know, uh, uh, none of us can be like him anyway, so it's not, not any use trying, right? Uh, but so, so the Lord uh, gave us examples like Moses, uh, and Moses was the meekest man on the earth, and yet he was the leader of all of Israel. Uh, and, and really, you know, when, when I study Moses, the conclusion I come to is there was nobody else that could have done the job. Nobody else could have successfully got uh, Egypt or got Israel out of Egypt without just killing all of them, right? I mean, you know, how many times did the earth open up and swallow a bunch of people? Uh, or or the, the vipers would come and, and uh, kill a bunch of people or a plague would come and, and, and kill a bunch of the people because of their, their stiff neck uh, and uh, doubt and unbelief attitudes all the time. And yet Moses would intercede for them. Lord, that, that needs to end. You know, we, they don't all need to die. Sometimes he sent Aaron out to go stand between the living and the dead uh, to, to help them to succeed. Uh, if it had been anybody else, uh, you know, we'd have gone, well, Lord, just get a few more of them. Uh, uh, before we turn it off, get, you know, get that group over there. Yeah, go ahead and go get rid of that whole group. You know, the whole thousand people over there, get rid of them. Uh, Moses was the right man for the job. I don't know that anybody else could have put up with what he put up with, Right. Uh, and so uh, I'm not going to go through all of these and read all the details about them, but I just want to mention a couple of them here. Uh, Eleven different times uh, when Moses was bringing the children of Israel out of uh, Egypt, they were murmuring about him. And all he ever did was try to help them. You, you ever just try to help somebody and no matter what you do, they always think you've got ulterior motives or they, they talk bad about you. Or, and all you've ever do is try to help them. And they'll, t- they'll say the worst things about you. Uh, you know, as a pastor, you see that a lot. You know, you see the people, you know, try to help people. And, the, the, you know, oh, we don't go to that church. You know, they, it's terrible people over there. And, and uh, do you have a list of reasons why? You know, they don't, of course, they don't have anything. Why? Because we've not done anything but try to help people. Uh, but Moses, 
uh, all he ever tried to do was help them. From the, first t- from the first realization when he realized he was a Hebrew, he tried to help the people. Amen. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, again, we're not going to turn to all these because there's uh, is too much information here, but I'll just mention them. But uh, when, when, they were still in Israel, when they were still in Egypt, uh, it says uh, they met Moses and Aaron. This is in Exodus 5, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, now, now Moses is going to Pharaoh. Let my people go. That was the whole job, right? He kept going to Pharaoh back in, uh, 10 different times, went to Pharaoh, let my people go. Uh, and, and of course, eventually they were let go. But here, they, the, the, before it finally happened, the people of Israel came to them and said, the Lord look upon you and judge because you have made our savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of his servants put a sword in their hand to slay us. They weren't, wow, Moses, you're standing up to the man, right? You're standing up to Pharaoh who says he's God. You know, with, with the, uh, by, by the power of, uh, of Jehovah. They never encouraged Moses at all. You're just out to kill us, right? Uh, and, uh, and, and so the response to Moses, Moses returned unto the Lord. So he had a quiet and, and teachable spirit. He didn't respond to them. He went to the Lord, right? Uh, and again, uh, after they left Egypt, uh, they came to Moses and said, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? That's only been like weeks, right? It's not like it's been years that they, they were there, weeks after that. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth throughout Egypt? Is not uh, this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? Uh, they were happier being slaves than they were being free people. You know, in the church, it's still the same way today. There are still people in the church who are happier being slaves to their flesh, slaves to their emotions, slaves to people around them than they are to be free people. Uh, and, and I mean, this is a, this is a case right here, right? Uh, hi, how you doing? Uh, they're not open today. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> and so um, he said, uh, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians. Now, what was their job as the, uh, under the Egyptians? They were slaves. And they said it was better than we should die in the wilderness. Now, and, of course, this is, uh, I don't know if this is a particular time when they wanted water, uh, but, uh, uh, but what did Moses do? It says, and the Lord said unto Moses. Uh, so Moses was quiet to hear. Instead of responding to them, Moses was quiet to hear, well, Lord, what do, you, what do you want to do? See, that's, that, see a, a quiet and teachable spirit can hear from heaven. And that's what Moses was doing. He was hearing from heaven. He would fall on his face, right? Moses returned to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses. And then again, the people murmured against Moses another time. And he cried unto the Lord. Uh, that's what a, a quiet and teachable spirit does. He cries unto the Lord. Uh, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses. Then said the Lord unto Moses. See, uh, a quiet and teachable spirit can hear from heaven. Someone who's, oh yeah, you want to say that outside? You want to take that outside? You know, you want to say that one more time, right? Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I remember one time this fellow was trying to sell me, uh, these fancy, uh, fire alarms, right? Smoke alarms. Uh, and I guess they were fire alarms. Uh, and, um, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, that seems like a, a hard sell to come to my house and sell me a smoke alarm. You know, I mean, it's just, he's going to get them for a dollar at Lowe's or whatever. You stick them on the wall and you're done. Right. And this guy made this big presentation, you know, and, uh, and I said, well, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll buy one. You know, how much is one of them? Well, one of them is fifteen hundred dollars. You know, it's a fire alarm, right? I said fifteen hundred dollars. You know, what are they made out of gold? Or, uh, and he goes, oh, you don't care about your family. That's that was the selling job. Right. And I'm thinking, you want to step outside and say that, you know, and because uh, I wasn't very meek or quiet. I said, well, this this conversation has come to an end. Fifteen hundred dollars, you know, and I knew that, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer. I knew the technology behind it. It's like, that's just. It's just a little piece of metal. It's just one, uh, one piece of metal does the whole work. And uh, anyway, it's a, it's a long discussion. So I wasn't very meek at that point in time there, right? Uh, because uh, the Lord kept saying to Moses, see, he would go to the, they would come and say the worst, you brought us out here to die. Did Moses bring them out there to die? That's a terrible thing to say about somebody. Uh, that the, Their motivation was to bring them out here to die. Uh, and Moses would just, I'm going to go talk to the Lord. See, he had a quiet spirit because uh, a lot of us would be like, well, how dare you say that? I don't have to put up with that. You know, you're not going to say that to me. Well, see, that's us not being quiet. That's us being loud on the inside, right? And then expressing that on the outside. Moses would go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to do? Sometimes the Lord said, I'll just kill them all. Moses said, no, that's the wrong answer, Lord. We, let's back up. 
what do you want to do, right? Uh, and, and so uh, Moses would have to talk to the Lord. And again, the, the people ch- uh, chided with Moses and murmured against Moses. And, and, and the Bible says Moses cried unto the Lord. Uh, and this one time, uh, uh, it says, uh, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses, even his brother and sister, right? They saw Moses, they knew, and they knew from the day he was born, he was special, right? He, he moved into the, the, to the Pharaoh's house the day he was born, or, or soon after that, and they saw him raised up uh, and be a prince of Egypt. Uh, and they knew he was special. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that, 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 that he was special. Uh, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman. Well, we can just meddle right there, right? Because he married, he married a black woman. The scandal, right? Uh, and and um, I mean, even today, it's not been that long in the church where, where interracial marriage is like, oh, that's of the devil, you know? Well, I mean, ask Moses, right? Uh, the Lord didn't seem to have a problem with it uh, when Moses did it. Uh, and so, so now they're murmuring about him because of who he married, right? Uh, for he had married Ethiopian. They said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken by us also? You know, and, and, and people are always trying to, to compete with you, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just as spiritual as you are. Right. You know, uh, I had somebody tell me one time, I can quote the whole book of Ephesians, you know, uh, and I'm thinking, I didn't say anything, but I thought, you know, I'd rather do the whole book of Ephesians than oh, yeah. quote the whole book of Ephesians. Maybe you should do it, right? Uh, instead of just, just saying it, right? Now, they didn't ask my opinion, but that's what I thought about it, you know. Uh, but, but the scariest thing at the end of this verse when they said that, that uh, when Miriam and Aaron said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken by us also? It says, And the Lord heard it. That's a really scary statement. The Lord heard it. The Lord's like, What'd you say? Would you like to say that one more time? You know, that, that's a... That's a uh, and it says in the response, the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses. Uh, and in the response, uh, Moses cried unto the Lord, said, you know, when, of course, Miriam got uh, leprosy there uh, because of that. And, and Moses cried to the Lord on behalf of, uh, on behalf of uh, Miriam. Uh, again, uh, Israel murmured against Moses and Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. They gathered themselves together against Moses. Uh, and when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. They murmured against Moses, and the Lord spake unto Moses. Uh, and so uh, it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, right? Same story. They come and fuss at Moses. The earth opens up, eats a bunch of them. Moses goes to the Lord and says, Lord, you know, let's, let's not do this anymore. Uh, the Lord, uh, Moses would have a quiet spirit. Uh, Lord, I'm going to deal with this with you. And then he would know what to do. Uh, and it's one of the most valuable things you can learn in, in life is how to be a meek person, right? Was Moses meek? Did he just let, did he say, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to bring you out here. Let's all go back, right? See, that's what people think meekness is. They, they think it's deferential, being deferential and just and yielding to you, right? Yielding to whatever you say to them. That's not being meek at all. Being meek is not responding to the, the terrible things. And Lord, what do you want to do? Because uh, see, uh, what happens most of the time when people say these things and they, they all murmur against Moses, our emotions rise up and we defend ourselves. And we say, I'm not putting up with that, you know. Oh, you say that one more time, you know, I'm going to pray the Lord opens up the earth. The, 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 Moses never prayed the Lord opened up the earth. They opened up the, the earth was opened up because of their sin. And, and Moses would have to go and get uh, mercy for them. And so uh, I think Moses is a great example because he was a great leader of Israel. And he did great and mighty things on behalf of the Lord. And he saw the Lord, right? I mean, uh, in, in fact, with, with Miriam and, and um, uh, Aaron, when they, when they said those things, the Lord said, you know, I, I, I um, talk to prophets in dreams, but Moses, I speak face to face. You all think you're prophets? You know, I'll make, give you a dream every now and then, but I'm going to go talk to Moses face to face. And of course, you know, they, they were hopefully were shamed a little bit in that, in that scenario there to understand that uh, Moses was that way that the Lord would come speak to him because of his meekness, because he was willing to listen, because he was willing to hear from heaven. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in this situation? I could react and I could just cut them off, you know, bury them. You know, I mean, that's the way I was raised. I don't know if you was raised that way. I was raised like the mafia, right? You do something wrong to me, I cut you off, right? Till forever, right? You're on the list. And once you're on the list, there's not getting, you, you're never getting on the list, right? That's, uh, that's the way I was raised. And you, and you come into the church and you, same thing, right? Oh, you say that to me at church, cut you off, right? Till forever. Uh, well, you, you can't be that way and follow the, the Lord, right? Uh, you can be that way if you want to be that way. But uh, if you're going to follow the Lord, 
and learn how to have a quiet and teachable spirit. See, the Lord will show you, well, you know, that person, uh, let me show you what's going on in their life that caused them to, to say those things. You know, you'll see, you'll be able to hear from heaven. But, you know, sometimes the Lord will say, well, the reason why they do that, they're just mean, right? I mean, you know, it, people are just mean. It's not that they're always, well, they're just having a hard time. You know, sometimes you're just mean. Uh, and it's okay. If, that, if they're just mean, they're just mean. You're not judging them. That's just the way it is. Some, there are just mean people. You ever met any mean people in a church? The meanest people I've ever met are in church, right? You ever notice that, right? The nicest people I've ever met are also in church. Uh, and so you've got this conflict that goes on in church a lot of times. And so, so uh, what, in all of this, my, my goal is to encourage you that it's, it's valuable and worth the effort to learn how to be meek. Amen. Uh, it is not being wimpy and not being a doormat. And Moses was nobody's doormat. He was not, he was, I mean, he'd go to Pharaoh and, and say, let my people go. They're the greatest kingdom in the earth at the time. He said, let these people go. Well, you're going to, you're going to fight. No, I'm not. I'm just, gonna, I'm just telling you what you need to do. You know, he didn't threaten them, you know, as far as, you know, with the greater power, I'm going to have a bigger army than you got. I'm going to invade Egypt. He would just go with his brother and a stick. I've got a stick, you know, that's it. That's all you got is a stick. Yeah, it's a pretty good stick, but it's still a stick, right? Um, and see, that, that was Moses, right? And of course, uh, he was the meekest man on the earth until Jesus showed up, right? Of course, Jesus was the, was the greatest example of being meek uh, of anybody, even Moses. But we have such good information from Moses. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a really good story. So, you know, I encourage you, study the life of Moses. You know, he, he learned a lot of great things. So if we're, going to be, if we're going to be meek, if we learn how to have a quiet spirit, which is something you have to develop in your life. It's not something that comes naturally, right? Uh, especially me, I'm so, so loud and, you know, opinionated about everything. It takes a lot of work for me to learn to be this way. Uh, and so uh, we're in Matthew 5. Let's turn over to Matthew 18. So the key to learning how to be meek is, uh, we mentioned earlier that many times we find in the Word of God that meekness and humility go together. Uh, and so the path to being uh, meek is learning how to be humble. Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, one of the things as I study the Word of God, I'm always questioning, Lord, is this what this means? Just because... You know, in the general sense of humility, when you hear people talk about humility, a lot of times you, humility and kind of meekness, they think they're kind of the same, but they're not the same. One's the fruit of the spirit. The other one's a choice. Uh, but uh, when they, people think about humility, they think about people that are poor and people that are, you know, they don't say anything. They're just kind of quiet. And, uh, and yet, who was the humblest person on the earth? Jesus was the greatest humble person on the earth, right? Was he that way? Was he just, well, I don't want to, I don't bother anybody, you know, I don't, uh, uh, you know, and, and well, you know, you should all, you know, uh, walk in love. We're not doing that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to offend you. You know, I'm, you know, please I'll take it back. Right. Was that way? Was that the way Jesus was? No, I mean, he would just say whatever he had to say. Right. And yet he was humble. Uh, uh, and Moses would do whatever he had to do. And yet he was meek. Uh, and so a lot of times the church will take these these concepts of the word of God and they'll wrap it up in layers and layers of religion that don't even make any sense. Uh, religion that, that just, uh, here's how we think you should look like if you're humble. You should be poor and not drive a nice car because that would not be humble. Uh, you know, you can't wear nice clothes because that wouldn't be humble. You know, you can't ever assert yourself because that wouldn't be humble. You can't really have an, a, an absolute opinion because that wouldn't be a, a humble, you know. And uh, uh, that's not at all what it means to be humble. Amen. Uh, and so... Uh, here in, in Matthew 18, uh, Jesus says in verse 3, and he said, And verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so I wanted to read that one first because uh, Jesus, you've got to take what Jesus said about humility here and apply it to everything you see about humility in the word of God. Because Jesus said that the 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 humility is being uh, as a little child. Uh, and so all these other, we've, and we're not going to go through every, uh, every discussion of humility in the Word of God because we could be here for a long time just talking about that. Uh, but uh, when we go through these other examples about being uh, humble like a chi uh, child, we've got to put that in that context of, okay, so how does it apply to a child? Because you ever seen like a three-year-old, uh, like a toddler being humble? Oh, mother. If I could have a toy, you know. But if you don't have a toy, it's okay. 
I mean, no, there's no, you know, that's not, when you think of humility, nobody thinks of humility of, of a child, right? Nobody thinks of that toddler, that three, four, five, six-year-old child as being humble. And yet Jesus said, this is the example. This is what it means to be humble. It's like that child over there. And we think it means poor and, and don't ever look anybody in the eye and, you know, don't say anything. And uh, no, I mean, kids walk in, mom, feed me. I'm hungry now. Do it now. You know, where's my toys? You know, uh, and he said that you got to be like a child, right? Uh, not, not rude. I mean, our kids that need to be uh, beat some more, you know, or disciplined maybe, you know. I used to tell my kids, I'm going to beat you, but I was joking. And I thought one day, you know, they're going to go to school and say, my dad's going to beat me if I don't straighten up. So uh, I never did beat my children, but I would, you know, I would jokingly say that. And I thought, well, sometimes people don't always uh, appreciate my humor, right? Uh, and so, <laughs> so, so Jesus said, you've got to be humble like a child. So, you know, when I read that, that really kind of threw a big wrench into my thoughts about what it really means to be humble. You know, and I've, I've studied this for many years uh, because, again, the, the religious mindset of humility is, well, we're just, you know, humble servants of the Lord. You know, you ever seen somebody sing? I, and, and, uh, I always think it's funny. People get up and sing. Say, Don't look at me. I'm just a humble servant of the Lord, you know. And I'm thinking, well, who else am I going to look at? You're the singer, right? You want me to look at my neighbor while you're singing? Hey, how's he doing? You know, I mean, that's kind of distracting. But, um, uh, but people like to have what we call false humility, right? Uh, 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 and they, they try to act what they think is humble, but it's not, you know, it's not like being a child, like, like Jesus said. And so uh, let's turn over to, um, to Luke 18. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite stories here because it just shows it's a good contrast, right? Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, Luke 18, it says here uh, in verse 9, he said, and he spake this parable. So this is a story, right? These, aren't, these people didn't really exist, but it's a parable. Unto certain of them which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He said, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. So we know a, a Pharisee is the people that were trying to be the most righteous, self-righteous people on the earth that, that followed the law more than anybody else. And a publican, which is a tax collector, right? Which is the, they were held in disregard by everybody. Anybody like a tax collector? You know, the, uh, we still don't like tax collectors, right? Uh, and, and especially these people, they would go and say, you know, the, the, uh, the Roman Empire would say, well, they owe, you know, whatever they owe, you know, 100 pence or whatever. And they would go and say, well, you owe 200 pence. Well, I thought I owed, uh, I thought I owed 100. Yeah, but I'm the tax collector. You know, you owe 200. And I'm going to take 100 from, my, from my, all of my work here. And I'm going to give 100 to, to the kingdom, right? Uh, and so they, uh, they didn't like tax collectors. And the Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I love that. Even, I'm, I'm better than this guy right here, Lord. We're about the temple. You know, I'm not like other people. I, you know, I'm better. I'm not like extortioners. I'm just, and I'm sure not like this guy, right? You ever tried to use the guy next to you to, to, to impress God? Lord, I'm way better than him. I mean, you know, Lord, you got to love me because, you know, have you seen what they do? I'm way better than that. Uh, and that's the worst, right? Uh, and so, because who's our measure? The Lord's our measure, right? He's the, he's the you know, if our goal is just to be better than the guy next to us, we've all won, right? Uh, but if our goal is to be like the Lord Jesus, we have all got work to do. Amen. But that's not what this Pharisee said. I'm not like other men are, I love, you know, and the thing about it is, you know, think the Lord's going, wow, I am so impressed with this fellow. Look, look at he's not like anybody else. Right. Uh, you know, really what the Lord's probably doing is like, oh, you know, I'm fixing to toss my cookies right here. If he says one more thing, uh, but he keeps on. I fast twice a week. You know, I think the Lord in heaven is going, wow, I am so twice a week. You're so special, right? Uh, and yet, have, have we not all done this? Lord, I, I'm good. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't hurt nobody. I, I'm a good person, right? It, it, Lord, the, the Lord in heaven is not going, wow. I, that just touched me right here when you said that. You know, uh, he, he's not doing that. He's not impressed with us at all, right? We're, we're not impressing, impressive to the Lord. I, and I give tithes of all that. I, pay. I give so much money, Lord. I am so, I'm so impressive, right? I give tithes of all that I possess. Uh, and so now the publican and a publican, the, the tax collector, standing afar off. See, he, he was felt unworthy to even be there, right? Uh, would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the, the publican. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other, the, the Pharisee. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. 
So now again, we've got to always take what Jesus said, what humility was, and, and put this in that same context, right? So does your toddler come up to you, Mom, I'm so unworthy to get breakfast, but you know, if you could find it in your heart to feed me something, that'd be great. But if you don't, it's okay. Nobody does that, right? So, so what does it mean to be humble? What it means to be humble is it's really two, two parts of being humble. Number one is you've got to appreciate that somebody in this world is greater than you. And that's the Lord God, right? That he is greater than I am. And, that, uh, and the second one is I choose to yield to him. And that's really all humility is, is there is somebody greater than me and I choose to follow him. Uh, and that's what a child does. The child, they don't even, they don't even, they can't articulate that mom and dad are greater than them and they should follow them. They just know, oh, it's mom, it's dad. I'm going to go follow them. They know inherently that, that they uh, will stay in that position as child and mom's mom and dad's a dad and, and I'm the child. Now, of course, when they get older and, and they get stupid, right, they'll, they'll go through a stupid phase and they think they know more than mom and dad. And they finally realize, wow, mom and dad learned a lot after all these years. Right. Uh, and, and so uh, once they figure that out. Right. But when they're a toddler, when they're a child, as a child, they know inherently that that mom and dad are the source of everything. That's what it means to be humble, that we know that God is our source of everything. And I choose to follow that. See, the child's not going, I'm not, you, you know, you're not my dad. You know, uh, now they might get in when they're stupid and they get to be a teenager and say dumb things like that. But when they're six years old, they don't do that. They just, you know, they just assume that mom and dad are going to be there to take care of them. Amen. Uh, and, and that's what this, this, uh, this publican, uh, see, he knew, Lord, I'm desperate for you. You're my only hope. You're my only help. That's what it means to be humble is to recognize that and to, and to make that choice. See, that, see, it's not just enough to recognize that God is the, great, is the great God in heaven. That's not humility yet. Humility is when you recognize that God is the great God in heaven and I choose to follow that. That's what this publican did, right? That's what the child did in, in Matthew 18, right? Uh, and so humility is always a choice. Uh, and that's the hardest thing for people to, to uh, especially people that, uh, it seems the, the more we know, the, the more talented we are, it seems like it's really hard for people like that to accept that there is one greater than them and that they choose to follow him. Uh, there's so much uh, rebellion in the world because inherently in man's heart, there's a lot of rebellion. Well, I want to do what I want to do. That's great. That's not, that's not humility at all. Amen. Humility is, Lord, you're, you're great. And, and there, what do you say? The publican standing afar off. He said, but smote up saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I need you to be merciful to me, Lord. Uh, and uh, a humble person, know, see, it's not humility, uh, what you find in, in the word of God. Humility is not between you and me. Humility is between me and God. I'm humble to the Lord. I'm not humble between me and you, right? I don't, I don't humble myself to you. I humble myself to the Lord because that's what he said. Uh, uh, he said uh, at the end of verse 14, that to everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that's humbleth himself shall be exalted. So what did he do? He humbled himself to the Lord. And so if you go and study humility and the word humility, it's really talking about your position and your place. Uh, and your position and your place is to be under the Lord uh, and to remain there. And that's really a, a humble person realizes that my position is to be under the Lord and I choose to do that. Uh, and that's really all humility is, is I'm going to stay as a, a created being and let God be God. And that's all humility is. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not got anything to do with your bank account. It's not got anything to do with how you talk. It's got not, nothing to do with how you look at people. I don't, I don't you know, I'm not going to look anybody in the eye because I'm a humble person, right? Uh, it, it's, not, it, it's not got anything to do with whether or not you assert yourself because sometimes the Lord Jesus did assert himself. Most of the time he did. Sometimes he didn't. It's not got anything to, you know, it's not got anything to do with most of what we think of the religious aspect of humility. Mm. Humility is God is in heaven and I choose to follow him. Uh, and, and I'm going to stay in that lane. Uh, and uh, people that are not humble don't want to stay in that lane, right? Uh, and that's really, uh, if you go and look at the, the uh, discussion of pride in the Bible, pride and humility are opposites, right? We know that. And we all know what pride is, but uh, we all know what it looks like. But what is pride? You know, what, if you had to define pride, well, it's somebody who thinks they're better than somebody else. Well, that's not, 
really pride, you know, it's stupidity, but uh, it's really, that's just an outgrowth of pride. But pride is really when you don't want to stay in the position that you are. And so the very first person that was in pride was Lucifer, right? He said, I will exalt myself above the throne of the Most High God. So Lucifer was unhappy staying as a created being, uh, although he was the anointed cherub and he had great authority in the earth and you know, he had a lot of responsibilities as far as we know. It wasn't good enough for him. He wanted the throne. And so he wanted to be in a position that was not his. And that's what pride is, wanting to be in a position that's not yours. And so that covers both the situation of, I want to be the king, but it also covers the situation was, I'm unworthy. I'm no count. The Lord could never love anybody like me. That's just as prideful as saying, I think I'm better than everybody else. Because it's putting you in a position that you don't belong. We are kings and priests of the Lord. I'm a child of the Most High God. He loves me. He died for me. That's my position. If I say anything less than that, it's prideful. It's saying, I don't belong in this position. I'm unworthy of this position. Uh, but I'm not, made, I'm not worthy because of my good works, like the Pharisee tried to say. I'm worthy because the Lord Jesus made me worthy, right? I, I didn't earn it. I, it was a gift, amen? And so a, a perfectly humble person is, uh, Lord, you know all things. I'm going to defer to you. Lord, you're, you're the great king in heaven. I'm here to serve you uh, and whatever you ask me to do. And what, what that will do when you recognize that he is greater than you and he is worthy for us to serve him, see that quiets you down on the inside. The, the fruit of that acknowledgement, the fruit of that decision is if you will live in that and walk in that is you will be quiet on the inside. You will learn how to be quiet on the inside so that when somebody comes and, and just tries to destroy your life or tries to say the worst things about you, you could just stand there and just, and just Lord, what do you want me to say? Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, and it, it's a great strength that you'll have that, that, that you're not just knocked to the, the ground every time somebody says something against you or some, says something unkind towards you. You just stand and just, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Sometimes you say, say nothing. Okay, Lord, fine, no, no problem, right? Uh, and so uh, we're about out of time. There's really just a couple more things I wanted to, to talk about uh, when it comes to humility because it, it's really... The thing about, uh, in fact, I'm going to read just one more verse. I, I know, uh, know we've got to go. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Because the, the point I want to make about humility and the distinction between humility and um, uh, meekness. Uh, and so he said here um, in verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, he says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. So it's something that can be seen, right? If you're clothed with it, you can see it, right? For God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So in this case, uh, what's the fruit? What's the, the promise of if you're humble, what do you get? Grace. You get grace, right? So uh, the grace is God's ability working in you, God's power working in you to accomplish his will in the earth. So if you recognize that he is the, the God of heaven and that he, that he is somebody that I choose to follow, that's what humility is. He will give you the grace to live in this life. Uh, and he says in verse six, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So the, the key about verse uh, six there that I want to I want to bring out is when he says, humble yourselves, who's responsible for doing that? You are right, because he said who uh, the, the subject is you. Right. And this is what you're supposed to do. You are supposed to humble yourself. So a lot of time people say, well, Lord, humble me. You know, how many verses in the Bible says the Lord's going to humble you? Zero. Right. You know how many verses say that you have to choose to be humble? Basically all of them. Right. We won't go through all of them. But uh, but anytime you see uh, we're talking about being humble, it's a choice. So it's not something that, well, I'm, I'm trying to do it. It's not really a try. It's just to do. I choose to acknowledge that God is in heaven. I choose to acknowledge that I am his servant and I will stay in that lane and that I'm under him. So like a child, right, a child knows that dad and mom are dad and mom and that they provide everything that they provide to me. And so that's, and they don't, there's no training. They just know that, right? But as, uh, as adults, uh, we have to train ourselves to acknowledge that God is God in heaven and I choose to follow him. Uh, and when you do that, see, then when you get in those conflicts that meekness is, is helpful in, see, then the Lord will be like, uh, don't say anything. Okay. See, I can be a quiet and teachable spirit. Don't respond to them. Okay. Well, that, I just need to tell them what they need to hear. Well, see, that's not quiet and teachable spirit. And 
when you do that, you miss out on the blessings of being meek, right? He said that the meek shall inherit the earth, right? Uh, the, he said the humble here shall be exalted. Uh, he said the humble here shall be given grace. Uh, if, you know, you don't have to live this way, but you don't get the blessings of the Lord if you don't live this way. If you live this way, you get grace, you get the, the earth, you get the blessings, you get uh, uh, exaltation, you know, whatever that, uh, however the Lord chooses that to be in your life. Um, you get a lot of blessings of obeying the Lord. Amen. It's valuable to obey the Lord. Amen. It's, it's to your benefit to obey the Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. So uh, is, hum is being humble even hard? It's not really hard. God's in heaven and I choose to serve him. That's all humility is, is, is I recognize he's greater than me. I'm going to stay under him. And, and when he says, well, well, you need to do this. Well, I ain't doing that, Lord. See, that is the very definition of not being humble because uh, that's not your lane. Your lane is not to correct the great God in heaven, right? When the Bible says, you know, walk in love. I ain't doing that. You don't know what they did to me. Oh, well. I didn't see that in the footnotes, you know, that uh, walk in love unless they've done certain things. Right. If these things, then, OK, it's OK to 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 slash their tires. Right. Uh, but uh, all these other things, you got to walk in love Well, this one over here. It's OK to, you know, to to shoot your dog. Right. Uh, no, there's no there's no outs on those things. So a humble person, when they read the word of God, say, Lord, I'll do that. If that's what you that, Lord, I'll do that. See, that's what uh, we and I that, and I say that a lot. We as humble servants of the Lord, when we read the word. That's what we do. We read the word of God and he gives us some instruction to do. And we say, Lord, I'll do that. And we don't make excuse. We don't, well, it's hard. I can't do that. You don't understand. See, that's all pride. That's all saying I don't have to stay in that lane. I can pick my own lane. Yes. Uh, but the, the humble servant of the Lord says, uh, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. Lord. Be glad to do it. Amen. Uh, and the nice thing is it's just a choice. You want fries with that? Just a choice, right? Yeah. You get people go through the drive through and they don't know how to make a choice. Uh, uh, what would you like to drink? <sighs> and then, you, you know, you're behind them. <sighs> how long are they going to, you know, because they can't make a choice. Right. And they won't make that choice about being humble. It's just it's just a choice. It's not hard. Amen. Uh, I know sometimes oh, it's so hard being a Christian. Right. It's not. It's just a choice. You make choices every day. I'm going to get up. <sighs> I don't know if I can get up or not. You don't, you just got to get up. Just do it, right? It, it's really not that hard, amen? Uh, and so uh, we may talk just a little bit more about this because it, it, this is an area, uh, see, the, 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 the twins of humility and, and meekness, they can provide so much power in our lives, mm -hmm. so much stability in our lives if we can learn to do that, where we can do, you know, to achieve really reigning in life, as Jesus said there in, in Romans chapter 5, what we mentioned earlier, you really want to achieve that. You can only achieve that success by following the plan that God has given to us. Amen. There's no success in our own wisdom. There's only success in the wisdom of the word. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that we can humble ourselves. We can acknowledge that we can acknowledge, Father, that you are the great God in heaven. And we choose as an act of our will to follow you. And when your word declares it, Father, we'll do it. And, Father, that will bring uh, peace and quiet into our hearts. Uh, and, Father, that will allow us to be teachable. Uh, when your word says these things, Father, our response is, yes, sir. That's having a teachable heart, Father. That's being meek uh, and allowing your power to rule and reign in our lives. And so, Father, we desire these blessings that you've given to us. And, Father, we want your path in our lives. And we thank you for that, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And, um, you know, I, I, many years ago, the Lord started teaching me about this, probably because I needed a lot of help in this area. But um, uh, it's really been a blessing in my life to learn these things because uh, it's, it's really different than, than a lot of the religious things that we hear the church talks about, but what their idea of these things are. Uh, because to me, it just, um, I don't want to just look like a Christian. You know what I'm saying? My goal is not to look like a Christian and, and, you know, shake hands like a Christian. And yeah, it's, it's just it's like nails on a chalkboard to me, right? I want to be who the Lord wants me to be. Amen. I don't want to just look like he wants me to look. I want to be who he wants me to be. Uh, and that's a whole lot better than, than faking these things. And, uh, and um, uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And, um, you know, there's so many stories about ministers who, you know, are one way at church and they just treat their wives terrible at home.
Uh, and, uh, you know, and a lot of it is because they're not trying to be a Christian. They're trying to act like a Christian, trying to look like a Christian. Uh, and, um, you know, my wife can rebut anytime she wants to, uh, uh, you know, but uh, we've got a great home at, at our house. Amen. We've got days of heaven on earth at our house. And, and, um, uh, and it's really because my goal is to be who the Lord wants me to be, to be what the word of God tells me to be and not just look like the word of God wants me to look. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to be the same when I'm, you know, mowing the yard is when I'm behind the pulpit. I want to be the same person. Amen. If I'm a, if I'm a different person, then that is not humility at all. Amen. It's all being fake. And, and he talked about being hypocrites there. You know, that, that's, that's really being hypocritical. I want to be the exact same person. So then when you see me at Walmart, I'm the same person, you know, at Walmart that I am here. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Um, uh, well, don't forget we have healing school this afternoon at three o'clock. And, um, uh, and we're not going to be building the church back up this week. But uh, if you do have water you want to bring by sometime this week, just text me or let me know. And I can meet you up here and, and get it in the building there. And uh, uh, so next Saturday, 11 o'clock, we'll be uh, in front of the church for Strawberry Festival. So, amen. All right. Well, you all have a wonderful week and you're dismissed.